The OMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. The next stop on the Star City Games Open Series is coming up this weekend in Baltimore and features the first of four Invitationals in 2012. On March 23rd through the 25th, join hundreds of other players battling in the standard Legacy and Draft Opens and compete for the glory, the cash, and all the benefits of the SCG Players Club. With side events galore and live coverage courtesy of SCG Live, it'll be an action-packed weekend that you won't want to miss. So make plans to join StarCityGames.com in Baltimore, and we'll see you there. Everybody and welcome to episode 99 of Yo MTG Tap. 99 ways to die. I'm Joey Pasco and uh, that's Big Head Joe. What's up? <laughs> and uh, we're joined by a special guest, returning guest, Patrick Chapin. How's it going? Paul? What's up? I got 99 episodes and this is one. <laughs> it is. It is. I knew that was going to come up. Somehow, somehow there was going to be a reference. I bet you weren't expecting Megadeth, though. No, I wasn't expecting Megadeth. That's true. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, we've got a, a pretty special episode this week, significant episode. Um, Joe, do you want to... That's a good way to put it. What's, what's that, Patrick? <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm jumping in already, please. No, that's cool. You can jump in. You can jump in. Let me put a piece of duct tape over my mouth. <laughs> um. So, uh, Joe, did video you, podcast, I would encourage that. Do you want to do you want to go ahead and go, get into that, Joe? Tell get people. into the duct tape over Pat Chapin's mouth. Yes. <laughs> Wait, so you can get get started with that. <laughs> yes. We got a lot of topics to cover. We don't have time to just sit around waiting for you to duct tape. That's this true. party's off on the right foot already. Um, no, but. Um, yeah, so we have a pretty significant episode today because it's our last one ever, ever. We're done. It's over. No. Well, it's Patrick. not that extreme. It's not that extreme, but um, we're taking a little break. Um, so so basically, here's what happened. Um, I'm moving to Texas in a couple weeks here. Joey's doing, still doing the SCG Live deal, um, but we just... You know, we just felt like this is a good time to take a break. We've kind of felt like when we first started doing the podcast, like we really had – we didn't have any sort of set direction for it or anything. We just kind of did whatever the hell we wanted every week, you know? Like the way the schedule is of all the events, the Grand Prix and the SCG Opens, like there's so much of that stuff going on every week. You know, it's not that we don't want to talk about those things. It's not like those things aren't interesting because they are what's going on, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But everything's just like kind of the same stuff happening every week. And while there are different decks to talk about every week uh, occasionally and there are, you know, different things to talk about every week, it's kind of felt like, like the same stuff every week and like 
I, I guess it, I guess we want to take a step back and 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 maybe reevaluate. I feel like you're breaking up with me. <laughs> I, you're saying it's just the same thing. We just do the same thing every week, and it's not that it's bad. It's and it's good. You know, you just you just you just want to take a little break. It's just not a little you. Time. And, you know, us. you pro- it probably won't be forever. There's just you know some other things. And, you know, just right now. Wow. <laughs> that, that's not. I appreciate you let me down gently. Yeah, well, you know, it's 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 not you, it's me. <laughs> and me. And him. <laughs> wow, this is a really crazy relationship. Hey, Pat, you got any more duct tape over there? <laughs> yeah, we're definitely not short on that. We're not using it at the moment, but if you if you need some. So right. speaking of Vidalkin shackles, um no. Uh, so yeah, what what Joe was saying, that that's pretty much it. Uh it did feel like every episode we wanted to we wanted to talk about all the tournaments that were happening, but it left very little room to really have any other discussions and um we we want kind of a little bit of an off season, really, I think is the best way to look at it. You know, you have uh one of the, the coolest things for me every year is how football season you know, ramps up in August, uh, and, and I get really excited because it's football season. And then you have, you know, six months of, of football. And then, then there's the off season, which still has its, its excitement. Um, clearly, um, speaking of which not only has, not only has Peyton Manning gone to Denver, but so has Patrick Chapin, uh, Pretty uh, pretty coincidence. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. let's make it clear. You were there first, right? I mean, you, I mean, he... I did go there first. Yeah, so that's I, you true. Know, that may have paved been... the way, you might say. People have been wondering why why Manning chose Denver, and I mean, I think it's clear. There's a lot of draws to Denver, uh, not the least of which, I guess, is uh, uh, the football team. And the money and his family and friends there, but I'm sure that uh, that I rank highly. In yeah, his priorities. And no doubt, no doubt. Anyway, so we're going to be taking a break. We'll be back uh, in a, in a little while, probably around the time of Avison Restored. Um, but uh, but we'll be back every week. We're not exactly sure. Yeah, so that's, that's that's the one thing I wanted to say is that you know we probably will come back around the pre-release because we probably want to talk about the pre-release and stuff. But it doesn't mean that we're going to go right back to, like, a weekly thing if we come back for the pre We might just do one episode and then take another couple months off. Right. They I don't think, know. I think if you want to compare it to something, it's a lot like what Evan did with The Magic Show where he uh, he stopped producing regular content on a weekly basis and then just comes back, you know, when he wants to have, uh, you know, have something cool to talk about uh, or when he has something cool to talk about, he comes back and makes an episode. So that's kind of – kind of the plan at this point, but we could always just change our minds and come back weekly too. So for a little while or, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're just kind of like leaving it a little more open-ended, which is, which is good. I think, um, I think it'll be, I think it'll be fun. So every time we record an episode, we're recording an episode because it's awesome to record an episode and a lot of fun for us to do. Yeah. Quality over quantity. Absolutely. I think that that's, uh, Something we're gonna we're gonna focus on. Let's move on to some Magic the Gathering talk. That's what I thought we were talking about, dude. It's well, a podcast. We, we were talking about us talking about Magic the Gathering. That was like such a meta episode. It's so good. So uh, I was just telling 
uh, both Joe and Patrick before the show that there was uh, there was a trailer released for Abyssin Restored just uh, just this morning actually and uh, very cool trailer. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But basically, Joe, you just watched it. Uh, mm-hmm. What did you think of it? Honestly, yeah, I thought it was kind of stupid. Yeah, but I mean that's not <laughs> just because. Okay, let me let me let me let me be clear. It was pretty cool the way that they did it and, like, the art looks really cool and I'm sure the story looks really cool. But I just – the story looks really cool. Shut up. (laughs) I think that doing a trailer for a card game set is just, like, awful. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, Why? Yeah, why? I don't know. The trailer is – Why would it be awful? I don't know. The trailer's the pre-release to me. I want to go to the pre-release. That's the trailer. It's like, oh, look, here comes this but, set. But, I mean, all, like, that's like saying that having uh, a there was professional a tra- tournament series about a collectible card game, that's awful. No, that's great. Like, going to Hawaii no, that's to great. play a collectible no, that's card great because because – the game that you play is a game that you play with cards, and then playing in a tournament is a tournament that you use those cards in. Having a little why animated. Read articles thing. About, why would you read articles? Who said about I read a articles? Said I read articles, dude. <laughs> I think the cool thing about the trailer is it's it's uh, it creates hype, and that's the the point of it. We don't know any of the cards that are going to be in the set. We barely know anything really about the set, other than this is this is supposed to be a big set, right? Like Rise of the Eldrazi, mm-hmm. but it's included in in the block, unlike Rise of the Eldrazi. So we we know that we know uh, you know kind of those sort of details. And the trailer gives us a little bit more story-wise and flavor-wise of what to expect in the set because we've just been we've we've been uh, playing with these these last two sets have been all dark and you know horror themed and this trailer it, there's like angels all over the place and and some demons it it okay. really it looks like divine versus demonic the set. Do you like, want to know why I don't like this trailer? Yes, that's what we asked in the first place. Because the trailer should be the novel for the set coming out a month before the set. That's how I should find out little tidbits about the set is through the novel that comes out for it. Well, I know. The novel isn't – you can't read the novel in a minute and a half. Yeah. No, but – People have to buy the novel too. But, to the novel- yeah, but not, every, not everybody is going to read the novel. No. A minute and a half is not a big investment. Not everybody has, you know, enough time to read an entire novel about magic. I mean, there's a lot of novels in the world to read. Plus, there's some magic to play. I mean, I'm getting into a whole other argument here, honestly. But like, <laughs> one but, that uh, we've made, one that we have made before. Uh, but I just, I do really miss the novels as the way to uh, to glean those little pieces of information about the sets, like flavor information. It was yeah. always like that kind of thing. Wait, 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 hold on then. You tell me this. Answer me this. How exactly did Urza meet his wife? How did Urza meet his wife? Yeah. If we're gonna you wanna you wanna talk books? Yeah. Talk, you wanna talk novels? You wanna talk storylines? Joe, do you, you wanna talk history? That's from Brothers War? Yeah. Joe, uh, Joe, I know Joe knows. I've read it, but Joe can tell you how did he do it. He he won like uh he he won her hand by building like a robot, wasn't he? Built like something 
similar to Absolutely. Karn, I think. And, we have a winner now. Now, here's the real question. This is the one that goes straight to the heartstrings. Why? Why? The, the, he ended up winning her mm-hmm. by winning a competition? Mm-hmm. Why was this the case? Why did she, why did she get or why did he get her hand in marriage as a result of winning an artificer's competition? What was the circumstances surrounding that, and what were the motivations? Um, you mean like so this why is w- the part that really is a tragedy? Why was she the prize? You mean, or why yeah, did he, exactly. what were his motivations, or what were the mo- the it's reasons? Either one. Why was she a prize, and why and why did it come to this? Was right. it like a Romeo and Juliet type of thing? Not at all. She was on Mishra's <laughs> side of the of the the brothers' war, and the only way that he could win her hand in marriage was through an artificer's competition. No, no, this is long before the brothers' war. This is when he was young. This exactly. is when because they dug up the uh, the him and Mishra dug up the well. He was they were on that that dig with the uh, the. Argivian uh, archaeologist. <laughs> I forgot her name, but uh, I love that you're on board with all this. Yeah, I, I love the Brothers War. is just it's it's an awesome story, and uh, yeah, it's they they dug up the ornithopter, which was uh, an artifact from the Thran, who were basically early Phyrexians, kind of like well, they were a people that ended up. Uh, Yogmoth was was one of the Thran, and Yogmoth. Uh, he was like corrupted by Phyrexia, I think, and that's I, I'm, I'm sure I'm. It's been a long time since I've read them, but yeah. The part that the part that really breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. Urza didn't love her. The only reason he married her was for her dowry. The reason he entered the Artificer's competition that's was right. because the prize was getting to marry the the, the daughter. Mm-hmm. But he only wanted to do that because there was a book that he wanted to read. That was in the that he could select as like because she would come like she came along with his choice of items from the treasure room. Yeah, and so he went through with the whole marriage, and she like she loved him, and it broke her heart that all he cared about was his brother. All he was obsessed with his brother, and even at the very end, when Urza went off, uh, Urza disappeared. And was never going to come back. And he had message sent back to back to her that he had died. And she was like, "Oh, well, you know, what, what was the, uh, the last thing he said?" And because she was she was heartbroken, this was like a tragedy to her, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when she was told that the last thing that he said was that he loved her. That was didn't she cried because she said she knew she knew that wasn't that it was a lie. Yeah, it had to be a lie. Yeah, that, it's such an awesome story. Like, uh, and we've mentioned it before on the show, but it's been a long time. But if you haven't read the Brothers War, you should definitely check it out. It's uh, if if you can find a copy of just the Brothers War, you could probably find it in used bookstores. But you can also read it in the uh, the artifact cycle. Like they have an omnibus that has uh, Brothers War, Planeswalker, and uh, oh, I think it's the Thran and the Brothers War, actually, are in the first. What do I got to read for, you to, to, for them to ship me a mana crypt? You know, I, I, I don't even remember. <laughs> One of the uh, pre-Brothers War books. Uh, but yeah, so storyline. That's that's a, that's something I didn't think we were going to discuss. But uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> g- 
getting sort of back on track with the Avison restored trailer. I think that's what they do. Like they they create hype and they they uh, the the trailer. I think the set just looks like it's going to be crazy, filled with just a lot of angels and, and I guess demons too. Even though I think there was only one demon in the trailer. Look, looks pretty cool. But the other thing is this Hell Vault, uh, which you know, which we we have in. Um, in the current set in uh, Dark Ascension, but apparently they're going to open the Hell Vault, or the the Hell Vault being opened releases this demon. At least in the trailer, it does. Uh, one of the cool things about the this Hell Vault thing, they're actually doing something for the the pre-releases where they some of your the pre-releases can feature an actual like Hell Vault that uh, you you register and you know for a limited number of people, I guess depending on how many people show up at your pre-release. Basically, when players at the special Hell Vault events get achievements, they each physically break a seal on their store's own Hell Vault. Once all the seals have been broken, the store will open the Hell Vault and all the players will share the spoils within. So it's uh, it's not clear what's actually going to be in there. and uh, that's Angels, demons, could be anything. Booster yeah. box, beta. Yeah, it's priceless treasures. Like Zendikar? Could be. You never it's know. The LSV's missing time vault. LS, LSV's Kindle, I think, was another one that I saw <laughs> on Twitter. It's become a hashtag in the hell uh, vault. Damage on the stack was one that I saw someone had posted. <laughs> damage on the stack will be in there. What, what was the one that? Um, oh, more first round buys for GPs was one that uh, Aaron Forsyth posted. <laughs> 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 I guess we'll find out. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so th- that's just one of the interesting bits. Of I think that's a have. really cool thing. Like, I think that I'm gonna have to go to a pre-release with a hell vault. Like, I think I'm gonna have to settle for nothing less because I can't not see what the hell's in the hell vault. <laughs> what the hell vault? That, that's what we should call this episode. We already have an episode called "What the Hell Vault." Damn it! Really? <laughs> yes. Damn it! Uh, so anyway, uh, one of the other other uh, kind of cool things that was announced recently is uh, MTGO Cube, and I'm not going to get too much into that. But basically, now you can cube on MTGO. Um, if you are excited about that, pay attention to the In Contention podcast because I know they're going to release an episode uh, all about the cube. And you know, I, if that's if that's the kind of thing you're into, if you want to play cube on on MTGO, which I think is great that they uh, they're doing this. Uh, it's a special set that I think was designed by Tom Lapilli, um, and I forget who developed it. But uh, anyway, if you're excited about that, uh, you should definitely be listening to the In Contention podcast. Anyway, so uh, so check that out. Keep an eye on those uh, those guys. It's not an episode that's released yet, but I know they plan on it. Um, then we've got the the Koth versus Venser deck lists came out, and besides having an alternate art Koth and Venser, uh, two cards that are, are kind of notable. There's a Preordain and Path to Exile in the in the decks, and both have alternate art. So that's kind I of think, cool. I think the Venser looks really stupid. Man, you are just a downer today. Trailer sucks. I am. I'm just like today. I don't know why. <laughs> Um, but I do, I, I, I think he looks like, it looks like they took a photo of this guy. He's like, huh? And then like, they were like, there you go. Put it on the card. Put a fancy outfit on him. Like. Traditionally, I think I'm a big fan of alternate art just because I like the artwork on the cards. Um, 
but as I'm, I'm beginning to dislike the alternate art because as uh, doing commentary makes it really difficult sometimes to figure out what the uh, what the players are playing with if they're using one of the alternate art cards that are less less known. Um, if it's like an F and M alternate art, that's a lot easier to tell because those are a lot more common. But I have a feeling that uh, preordain and path to exile getting play in uh, in legacy and trying to do coverage and going what what card is that? It's white. It's all I can tell. I can't tell what it is. You know, and you're scrolling through deck lists trying to figure out what it is. But otherwise, I, I like alternate art. Speaking of F&M alternate arts, uh, for one, this month's F&M card, the Teetering uh, – not Teetering Peaks. <clears throat> Jesus. Tectonic Edge <clears throat> is ridiculous. Yeah, it looks really nice. It's so nice. Um, and then in addition to that, did you hear what next month's F&M card is going to be? I believe the rumor is that it's Dismember. Dismember? What? That is so awesome. Like – yeah. I haven't seen it yet, obviously, but I think they're, they're making some good choices for uh, for F and M cards lately. I mean, I know we've questioned it in the past, and uh, again, that's another topic for another episode that we've already done. But uh, I think that's that's cool. Like, just remember, I'm I'm excited to see the the artwork. I love the new Koth artwork. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I just think that I just think that like like. They took a picture of some guy for Venter, and they were like, draw a fancy outfit on this guy we took a picture of. Maybe that's exactly what they did. Maybe they did, but, like, I don't know. It's like, uh, what was that card uh, from Odyssey? It was a white card, and the picture just looked like a photo of some chick, and it was like some sort of life gain card. Um, I don't remember. You know, do you know I, know what I can about, picture though? it, but I don't know what card Yeah, it I, I'm sure you can picture it. But like I hated that artwork. Like I thought that artwork was really dumb. You and want like artwork it to be more like fantasy like rather than you don't want it to like, be so photorealistic. Exactly. That that's okay. just kind of it's 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 a personal preference thing, but like but I don't I don't really like it. That's all I'm saying. I'm now I'm trying to find the stupid white card that's like so inconsequential. Okay. Well, while you're looking at that, we'll talk about two other stupid white cards that were just banned in block. Uh banned restricted list came out uh, or uh, the changes to the band restricted list were announced the other day. Um, and the only changes were intangible virtue and lingering souls, both banned in block. Um, I think there's a block pro tour coming up, Avison restored. So I think this is probably a, a really good thing because from what I understand on, on moto, it's tons of, of like white based token decks, just kind of dominating things. Have you heard anything about that, Patrick? Yeah, but which, I mean, obviously, Angel Virtue and Lyric Souls are banned. You mean, like, the metagame? Yeah, yeah, I just mean, like, the, the block metagame. Uh... Oh, I mean, it's a pretty diverse metagame. I mean, you can play uh, white, black, slash, green tokens. You, you can play white, black, green tokens, or you can play white, green, black tokens, or you can play black, green, white tokens. It sounds like the survival or of the fittest You can metagame, play white, know? black tokens. You can also play white, red tokens. And then there's also Jund Control with like twenty sweepers and blue green uh, bridge line. I think wasn't it, wasn't it, a, uh, it? Seventy-seven ways to deal with tokens. I think was uh, from an article I read today. Can't remember. Well, yeah. yeah, which makes sense considering that game was about seventy-seven percent tokens. Yeah, well, 
that's uh, obviously not going to be the case going forward uh, with Avacyn restored or Protor Avacyn restored. What does this say, like looking even further ahead to the, the possibility of how good uh, token strategies may be come the fall? I mean, we have two more sets to come out, but it's kind of something interesting to consider the fact that in the fall when uh, Mirrodin block rotates and, uh, and M12 rotates, uh, you wonder if tokens is, uh, is already – Kind so, of a, a good start. There's going to be a few. There's a few things to keep in mind there. One, it's probable. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance the tokens won't even dominate after Everson Restore comes out. I mean, maybe maybe there's just not enough to stop tokens. Mm-hmm. But it might actually just be that Protor Everson Restored is going to come. Is it going to be like the week after Everson Restored has dropped? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be so early on that people won't fully know how to use it all. And Watsy just wants to avoid a metagame where people are afraid to use the new cards, and they just make it all about lingering souls instead of about what it should be, which is Avacyn Restored and this great new format with all these different cards, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. I like that logic. It's also possible that M13 has just the ticket, you know? Yeah, that's that's true. It's just an interesting thing to kind of uh, consider because usually that's how we, we look at standard. But, you know, the fall standard basically starts with with kind of what was good in block or at least as a, as right. a at least base starting yeah. point kind of thing. So... Um, and, uh, something, uh, because we actually had planned to record this episode last week before the, uh, before the announcement was made, um, I actually wanted to talk about, like, Patrick, were you expecting any changes to, uh, to any of the other formats, specifically modern, which they've kind of, it seems like they've been adding or removing from, uh, actually they've only been. No, no, no. Why change anything right now? Yeah. It's been so good. good. Why not let it go, you know, keep going? And if it stays good for another three months, I think we're going to see something come off the ban list. Yeah, I mean, it definitely doesn't seem like anything's uh, anywhere near oppressive levels or uh, or trouble at this point. I think they did a great job setting things up for the PTQ season. Uh, is there uh, – you, you actually predicted uh, Nakatl being banned back when I talked to you at Worlds, and that was the first I had heard – that as being a possibility and then you know then it happened um what do you think if you were to take card a card or two off of the the modern band list do you have uh any suggestions or predictions uh well in terms of suggestion uh i mean i would like to suggest jace the mind sculptor but uh <laughs> i don't know if it's safe to predict that yet okay <laughs> I know that's like, you know, the most hotly requested card. People mm-hmm. would love to have a chance to play him, but I don't know that that's what they, like, it's such a big chance because the, the risk is, like, when they unban Gush and then they ban Gush again, mm-hmm. eh, so what, you know, people get to play Gush for a little while longer. But when they unban Jace, if they, if they ban Jace again, there's going to be a lot of hard feelings, you yeah. know? So it's it's well, it's a it's a, a, a possibility that they'd have to. But there's a lot more gravity to you know. Right. And uh, and right now, it's not like blue is like desperate for power or anything, you know. But it does seem like first the format is actually pretty good against Chase. You know, the creatures are pretty aggressive. There's plenty of natural answers like John, I mean, like lightning or whatever, and blood braid elf. There's combo that's so fast that if you tap out for an early Chase, it's going to be trouble. Now, I think Jace would be amazing if he got printed. But, uh, there, I mean, 
as long as gifts aren't given as legal, it's not like there's some sacred cow. I mean, like, how much better is Jace than gifts? That's, I mean, that's a pretty speculative thing, yeah? But um, other possibilities, uh, I mean, uh, there's plenty of cards that would be safe to take off, you know, like Golgari Grave Troll or, uh, or Tree of Tales or, you know, any number of different cards like that. But it's not clear that, like, you'd want to. Yeah. Right? Like, like maybe you can, but do you really want to live in the world where people where that matters? So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they would do there. I know that ancestral visions is crazy talk, and I know the last thing they want to do is unban like bitter blossom. And if there's one thing we've seen from Legacy, it's Stoneforge Mystic is not getting unbanned. Yeah. So, so you think out of the you know the the big cards? I think you mentioned a lot of them: ancestral visions, bitter blossom, Jace, Stoneforge Mystic. Uh, you think out of those, Jace? May... Well, I think I think Valakit. I think Valakit could come back. Okay. Um, Serious. Because like the main reason it's not legal isn't because of power level. It's just because uh, at the time Valakit was fresh in people's minds as a really annoying deck. You know. Right. But it's not clear the Valakit is anywhere close to as big a deal as, like, a number of other things that you can do in modern, you know, yeah. like gifts for unburial rites or uh, or faithless looting away your storm cards or or whatever, you know? Definitely. Okay. I, have, I have a question. Uh, just based on what you were saying earlier, I don't – I didn't hear anything about this. Are you telling me that they – Un, they, they actually rebanned Gush in Vintage. Yeah, it, it, did it get unbanned it again. No, no, no. It's still unbanned. Oh, now. oh, okay, okay. I was like, whoa, really? Like, I, I was like, did I miss that? Did they, <laughs> okay, they okay. It, okay. So here's the timeline. Uh, Gush is considered Vintage unplayable, and people who play in tournaments like the Vintage or like the the Type One Championship, they are ridiculed. They talk about it defining the format. Uh, and then eventually, uh, you know, a year or two later, the rest of the, I guess a year later, the Type 1 community catches up. They realize that Gush breaks the game. Gush dominates the format and is eventually banned. Time goes on. Eventually, Gush is unbanned. Gush takes over again. Eventually, Gush is banned again. More time goes on. Gush is eventually unbanned again. Now we live in a world where it's safe. Gush, this final time, though, wasn't taken off just willy-nilly. It was for precision. It was to beat up on the blue decks and to make artifact decks better, which it has done, you know? Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I know uh, Stephen Menendez. It's easy to just ban and unban and ban and unban when we're talking about vintage and we're talking about a common, you know? Yeah. Right, I mean, right. But, but Jace obviously has, like, a major financial implications. I totally got what you were saying about that. Yeah. I just didn't I, – I just thought you were saying that Gush got re-banned again. I was like, whoa, really? Like, huh. Um, now, I, I have a suggestion for Standard in terms of banning or unbanning things. I think that in Standard right now, they should unban um, – <laughs> There's nothing banned in standard. Leyline of punishment. <laughs> Do you want them to reprint Leyline of punishment? No, I want them to unban it from standard. I want them to make the M11 card Leyline of punishment legal in standard. <laughs> I don't care if they reprint it. I just want them to make that one card legal in standard. 
because right now, as a red player, I have to say that I'm very disturbed by the lack of players can't gain life effects that are in standard right now because they because it just makes playing against red as simple as going I play this timely reinforcements <laughs> like oh. You jerk. Like, or I play one of these four sword worn pieces I have in my deck, and then I go, oh, I guess my entire strategy and the entire archetype that I like to play is invalidated by your. Wait, wait, so let me make sure I understand this correctly. As a red player, you are entitled to always be able to play mono red without any checks and balances. No timely reinforcements. No, you should always. No, just no, no. That's not what I'm saying at I all. I want you to show me where my where is my counter spell. No, no, that's not what I'm I, saying at all. As I, I would like to be able to play mono blue. I want to play Drago. Your kids today, and your lingering souls, and your planeswalkers, and your formidable oh. titans. All I want is an answer to the answers. That's fair enough. Like that's that's like everyone gets an answer to the freaking answers. Like or, I won't or, or you are you are a savant who is currently predicting what's going to be in either M thirteen or Avicen restored. There absolutely must be. There absolutely Doesn't it must. Make sense? Yes, no, absolutely. There must be some sort of effect. I would like Reign of Gore. I'm not going to get Reign of Gore. I would like to see, like... Dude, this is going to look so good. You're going to be, like, you're going to be freaking money. And it's it's going to look, it's going to be like, hey, see? see? You guys are probably going to get together and do a podcast just so you can talk about that time back when you did a podcast where you talked about how you weren't going to do podcasts. <laughs> but you did correctly anticipate... And effects that has absolutely no hint other than just reading the contours of the, of the uh, I guess the metagame of the format, like where they're at. It just seems exactly like the type of thing that is missing from the format. It's too perfect, right? Right. No, I agree. I hundred uh, percent agree. Like it's it's time for them to reprint another effect like that. Um, you know, even Flames of the Blood Hand, even it's got arcane. I want to see it. I want to see Reverse Core Firewalker. You know, like red, red. For a two-two, players can't gain life. They're like two-two for white players can't gain life, and every time uh, a player plays a white spell, they take a damage. I like that. I love you. So I overpowered. Mean, I mean, Are you kidding? <laughs> this is like just sitting here describing your fantasy, man. I love a two-two for white players can't gain life, and they take a damage whenever they play a white I, spell. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> Besides, <laughs> you moved to Denver, dude. You got to keep going west. That's what I'm talking about. Keep going west. Go west until you see water or at least rain. It's close enough. And then, <laughs> then print that freaking card, please. Yeah, that's, oh, uh, God, that's, so that's, that's, your, that's your invitational card, Patrick. You're changing it from. Uh... No, dude, my, my invitational card is three blue, blue, two, two. When it comes into play, return target creature to owner's hand, and look at the top three, or draw three cards, and put two cards from your hand on top of your library. I love that. I, did, you, you wrote about like that all of my favorite own. things, except Jace. And it's pretty close to Jace. Yeah, so it's, it's <laughs> a this fi- card comes into play, Jace. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, this card's like, it's like Moldrifter for people who all they ever want to draw is Unsummon and Brainstorm. And that's it. That's all I ever want to draw, man. Just brainstorm and unsummon. How about how about Cheaty Jace? 
So it's like Cheaty Face, but it's actually just Jace the Mind Sculptor. But if you successfully sneak it into play, then you can play with Jace the Mind Sculptor in whatever format you're playing. Dude, I would maybe my invitation for her should just be three blue blues, ten text is Jace the Mind Sculptor. <laughs> I would love that. So it's just a, a corrected uh, corrected mana cost or fixed mana cost, I guess. Maybe maybe just draw two cards. Not even a Jace, just like a spell. Like an instant, just draw two cards and put a card from your hand on top of your deck. That sounds so hot. Yeah, I, I, I like all those. Unfortunately, two birds of a brainstorm? Yeah, why not? Why not? Yes. Where's my counter spell? Doesn't get me wrong, I like a counter spell. I really do. But I'll tell you what I do. Like, I like cancel. Cancel is a, cancel is a freaking real man's counter spell. I, I, I like this. You've, this is too easy. You play dissipate. You don't even have to. See, you don't have to even justify yourself. Like dissipate. Normal human beings walk around casting dissipate. That's just a thing people do. It's not even like a blue mage's thing. You know. It's like oh, dissipate. I get extra value against some burial rights. No, I mean like cancel. On the other hand, <laughs> no, dude. Like, like one of my rebuttal, is gone when dissipate is gone when there's literally you can either cancel or you can not. How's it gonna be? You gonna cancel or no? Then when you cancel, people know you mean business. I'm Pro Tour San Diego, right? Twenty ten. That's my yes. fa- one of my favorite decks is that deck. You played four cancels. I freaking love that deck. <laughs> and that that actually reminds me of one of my favorite uh, segments from the magic show. Oh Jace, yeah, Jace the Mind Sculptor overrated. I love that. Yeah, yes. go anybody who uh, who's interested, go back and look for the uh, episode of the Magic Show about Pro Tour San Diego. It's got to be sometime around. Uh, uh, I guess it would be what is it? Uh, February twenty ten. Yeah, February two thousand ten. It, it was, was right after Jason San Diego. Yeah, blue white control was what we play, yo. I heard a song like that. I, I I like the remix of that song. The uh... speaking of songs, actually, have you uh, have you seen the trailer for uh, for uh, Swing for it? <laughs> for, for yeah, Max's game. Yeah, have you seen the trailer? Like uh, tap Max's game. No. The uh, it's a Czech movie about magic. Oh wow! I haven't seen. I, actually, wait. This does sound familiar. I think I have. I did see a trailer about this, like maybe like a month or two ago. What is this? You should. Sh- it's called Max's Game, it, is that right? Cap, Max's Game. It's a, like, magic sports drama in Czech. Subtitle for uh, you, Amer- you uncultured American masses who don't speak Czech. I will, uh, I will link that in the show notes. I already found it on Google, so uh, I will definitely put that in here. Um, yeah, I do remember watching that trailer uh, a few Ooh, months ago. Pretty cool. Really cool. Uh on the topic of counterspells, though, do you think Manalik comes back in M13? Not a chance. Do you think uh, Do you think they give us, I guess, do you think we get some sort of maybe conditional two-mana counterspell or maybe like a spell pierce or something like that? Dude, no counterspells at all. They're phasing it out. I hope not. <laughs> they're, phasing, they're also banning islands. Wait, what's today? It's almost April 1st. Dude, I don't. Dude, I don't know what's going to be in M thirteen. But if I were going to speculate, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Hello>? <laughs> I 
That was some, some good timing. That was so, are you there? There you are. Yeah, that was so funny. You were like, if I could speculate, and just went. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you cut me off. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, yeah, if I were going to speculate, I don't know. Doesn't I mean? Isn't like essence scatter and negate? Like, isn't that the perfect mix? And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. I guess. I guess it really it's all about context. What are we gonna? What, what's the rest of the format gonna look like? I think, uh, you know, that we're we're very. It's very unlikely that Titans come back. I'm, I think it's probably. I, I can't say definitely because I don't know. But Titans I'm, are are just gone. Pyroblast. Okay, that's that's the counter spell that's going to be in uh, M thirteen. That's the counter spell. Pyroblast and and molten influence. That's that's some good. Uh, we'll come back and we'll revisit those predictions uh, in a couple months and see see how. I will take the under of. I win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we talked a little bit about some of the news. We've got something pretty exciting coming up this weekend, and, and depending on when you're listening to this, uh, it could be happening right now because this episode comes out on Friday. Uh, we've got the StarCityGames.com Invitational in Baltimore. Yes. Starts on Friday morning, so uh, for those of you who are listening to this early on Friday, you can uh, head right over to scglive.com and watch the coverage all weekend long, three days long. Uh, I'll be there doing the coverage. Joe, you'll be there uh, slinging slinging some burn spells, I presume. spells! And and Patrick, you'll be there, right? I am not... You're not going to make if it? If you guys are going on break, I'm going on break. Oh, man. I was going to oh. say you, you're allowed to play four cancels. You, you think there's not going to be consequences for you guys' actions? If you guys are not going to be making podcasts, why why am I going to show up? Dude, I, why, why is the milkman going to keep bringing milk in the morning? He's going to be a yeah, little probably more it, mask. Yeah, he's probably over, yeah, let me separate from the uh, the OSIP versus the, uh, I guess, the little hour here. Um <laughs> I am definitely not going to be able to go, unfortunately. Oh, you were originally uh, planning on going, right? I definitely was. As okay. You would have asked me 36 hours ago. I thought I was going. Oh, wow. Okay. Did you have a deck in mind that you were going to play? About uh, I mean, for both formats? I guess, like, in the dark, I'd probably play blue-black control. But, like, uh, if, uh, I mean, I could be inspired, you know, if, like, Jerry or... Or uh, or Louise or Flores or Kibler. Somebody's got something sweet. Like I could be on board. So, looking at standard right now, so blue black control. You played that at the GP uh, a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago actually. Yeah. Um, and would, I, how similar would that uh, would the deck be? I think to that kind of. Uh, I like the uh, version that, that David Sharfman won the uh, SCG Open with, like the week later or whatever. Okay. What, uh, you know, what, was the, like what were some of the differences? That's pretty close to how. I mean, that's – I definitely like uh, something that, you know, going in that direction. Yeah, we've had kind of some, some I guess, uh, a lot of changes and a lot of evolution, I think, in standard just over the past few weeks, including the GP. But also uh, since then, Zombies seems like it's really, really showing up. I know we had, uh, we had one top eight GP Baltimore. Uh, a blue black zombies, but that seems like people really love that deck. I mean, and there's some question of whether or not to play uh, maybe a more aggressive version that's uh, black red instead of uh, blue black. Um, and then we've yes. got Let's talk about that in my article from this past week. Yes, you did. That's right. Uh, and uh, and you suggested a version of each, right? 
Yeah, well, a third version also for the Grixis fanatics. Oh, that's right. That combines the two. Also known as the best of the worst of the most worlds, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Another thing that's kind of come up recently is uh, kind of the reappearance of Day of Judgment in some lists and in some lists that are actually performing well. We had uh, David Palmer's Junk Walkers uh, last week. Who was uh who was came in second place? He had fifteen total planeswalkers in his deck, six different ones. <laughs> like that deck looks nuts. Uh, he had four Day of Judgment in the main, zero creatures. Um, and then we had uh, I think there were four Day of Judgment in the finals. Uh, in his opponent's deck, Michael Die playing Wolf Run, uh, Wolf Run White. So he played four Day of Judgment in his deck, and he was the the winner. That was at uh Star City. Dallas Fort Worth, and then uh, at the GP, LSV was playing an Esper deck handed to him by Shaheen Saruni, and uh, I believe he also had Day of Judgment. Yeah, it seems like it's kind of coming back, and, and Esper Control actually seems like it's uh, kind of become it's getting a little more popular. We had uh, two Esper Control in the top eight of uh, of Star City Sacramento this past weekend. Bo Brugman and uh, Will Tian both playing Esper Control. Um, I think really they're, they're taking, uh, taking advantage of lingering souls, uh, you know, as a control card sort of, uh, definitely helps buy a lot of time and can be, uh, be very aggressive blocks Delvers pretty well. Um, what do you think, uh, do you, do you think Esper spirits like, uh, like John Finkel played, at the Pro Tour a few weeks ago, can make an appearance because that's a deck that sort of, you know, showed up at the Pro Tour and then everybody just started talking about packing Corrosive Gale and the deck just... Well, it was pretty good for uh, a couple weeks after the Pro Tour, too. But then it kind of fell off and the, the metagame has really moved in a direction that is not firmly for it at all. Like, the, the, the different people play different decks now. And uh, I wouldn't play the uh, the straight spirits. I'd rather play something more controlling, like uh, you know, like a Day of Judgment control deck with Lingering Souls. If you're going to go that route, you know. Do you, what do you think of uh, like the current Delver lists? Just maybe just blue white as being um, at all viable right now going into the Invitational. Oh well, yeah, it's certainly viable. Yeah, it's fine. It's not really where I'd want to be though, but it's fine. Like it just it sucks. That uh, it's just tough that it's got it struggles with the card lingering souls because I think lingering souls is definitely what is happening in standard these days. You know that is a that is a very regular occurrence. It's it's showing up in legacy. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, if it's four of in the if it's a four of in like the winning legacy deck from the GP, then it makes sense (laughs) to ban it in block. Yeah. Well, Joe, uh, just on on the topic of standard. You are bringing mono red, is that correct? Yes, and I'm not saying anything else. Okay. I'm going to be playing mono red in standard. Okay. Uh, do you uh, do you know what you're playing in legacy? Yes, mono red. Okay. <laughs> do That's... not get burned. What, what do you mean? Do you want your opponents to get burned? No, do get burned. There you go. I mean, don't get burned and avoid me. That's what I mean. Avoid me. Just, just scoop. Just give it up. Just there you give go. Up the dream. Just intimidation. Just give up the dream now. Just if you see me, if you sit down across from me and my big beard, 
Just, 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 just hand, just give me the handshake right away. Don't even roll dice. Don't shuffle. Don't pull out your deck. Don't count your sideboard. Just, just handshake. Cause you don't want to have to deal with this. It'll just be embarrassing for you. So, uh, <laughs> I hope you're playing sulfur elemental. Yeah, I'm playing, um, I'm playing, uh, with a rage, rage thrower. <laughs> no, I was, I wasn't kidding about sulfur elemental. <laughs> I'm playing Rage Thor. It's Sulfur Elemental. What is this? Isn't that from like – From Planar Chaos. Planar yeah, Chaos. In Legacy, it's legal. Yeah. In Legacy. Oh, I could play it in Legacy. Yeah, I, right. I didn't mean in Standard. <laughs> Don't play oh, yeah, Sulfur you Elemental. Should just, of all the cards you should just play and hope that nobody notices on, <laughs> Sulfur Elemental is probably near the top of the list. I don't even know what the hell that card does. And it's a three it two, and So it's a tuna red for a 3-2. Flash, split second, white creatures get plus one, minus one. Shut up! Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I'm just... Yeah, it's, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, that's awesome, right? I, it seems really well positioned. Didn't, uh, was it, I feel like some players were playing it at the GP. Uh, I forget exactly who, but uh, I, I saw some talk on Twitter about it. And it does seem pretty good if you're going to see a lot of lingering souls in Legacy. Uh, or, uh, I'm trying to think of what else mother of runes, I think was the, the main reason for that. I mean, it's uncounterable and, uh, I, I don't know. seems, I think it's, it's worth packing in your sideboard. Yeah, but it costs three. It's so expensive. Can't play it. Okay. You can counter spell a, uh, uh, a sulfur elemental, right? Well, wh- off of like, uh, what, like a ca- counterbalance, you can counter spell it. Sulfur uh, right. What else? I mean, there's or ways to you, do it. you can counterspell with counterspell. If <laughs> you like, for instance, you play a sulfur elemental, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then uh, I morph my guy, and it, can I set up a trigger? Like as a like, for instance, uh, let's see, what's the best way to do that? Like if I morph and play my morph that counters a spell. Mm-hmm. And then, like you, uh, stifle my morph's trigger. Can't I counterspell your sulfur elemental now? Because uh... you've given an opportunity for. Uh, that's interesting, huh? Dude, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. If you're playing, if you're playing morph creatures in Legacy, I really hope I sit across from you on on Friday. Well, I'm not playing on Friday, and neither is Patrick. Well, you should come just so you can play your morph creatures. So it looks like High Tide is uh, is kind of has come back a little bit. Uh, Colin Chilbert uh, played it, I think, at the GP and did pretty well with it. Um, I think the Hatfields may be back on on High Tide. Uh, Charles L. Johnson the third. I actually uh, got to test against it quite a bit the other day, which was fun. I think that deck. I I, I really like High Tide as a deck, but is it? Possible to play it uh, effectively without Candelabra? Uh, he has been. I mean, Charles is playing. A, I mean, the the list he's playing is pretty good. And from there's what no I've, no Candelabra. No Candelabra, and it seems pretty good. It's got the um, uh, it's a damn card called the one that untaps stuff. Turnabout. <laughs> turnabout. Thank you. Turnabout. Yes. Uh, it's got turnabout and it's got like 
the wishes and meditate or the, and like you know time spiral. It seems right. pretty good. <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't know he was playing a list without candelabra. Yeah, he is, and um, and it could totally like you know I'm playing mono red, and he was totally able to get there pretty consistently if he had four mana. Hmm. So I mean like. Four lands, and he pretty much had it every time. Like, I mean, I made him play it out, too, just because, like, I wanted to see. You know what I mean? Because we were testing. I wanted to see, does he have it? You know, like, and and he did. Um, he got there every time. Um, Interesting. It, it, seems, it seems fine. Like, I mean, post-board, I've got, like, so many freaking pyroblasts and stuff that isn't a swear word like that, that, um... It, that it makes the matchup a lot easier for me. But, but the problem I was having in our testing was I couldn't have two lands. <laughs> Every game I had one freaking land by the time he went off. I was like, if I only had the second land, I had the two counterspells in my hand. Like, if I have two counterspells in my hand, I win. If I have one, I don't. Like, pretty much. Patrick, what do you think right now is the, the best deck in Legacy? Tom Martell dot deck. So, so, like, the Esper... Uh... The Esper list that he played. Yeah, it's pretty hot. I also, I still like like Blood Delver with Counterbalance. Yeah. But I don't know. There's so much, it seems like there's so many sweet possibilities in Legacy right now. I just haven't had enough time to play, you know? So for the time being, I like Martel's list because like playing with Jace and Lingering Souls, Snapcaster, I mean, Force of Will, and I mean, that's like Brainstorm, all the like sweet cards. Yeah, what I really liked, he had intuition in the deck, just one copy. I thought that was that was a pretty cool kind of little uh little bit of tech to kind of just search for lingering souls, things like that, or yep. just a spell that he needs to and he has a snapcaster in his hand or something. Um it just seemed yep. really cool. Uh and there there was some epic plays during that game and some really really cool uh cool games to watch in the in the coverage, uh especially in the top eight. So Rather than getting into that now, since we are a little short on time, I'll just suggest that you go watch it, uh, the, the GP Indie coverage. So um, one of the, the last things I wanted to get into, Patrick, uh, is your article from a few years ago, probably you know, often cited as one of your, your best articles, Information Cascades in Magic. And uh, it starts off describing how, uh, how ants in nature – Actually, rather than me describe it, do you want to do you want to uh, uh, describe exactly how how that works with the the ants in nature and how you applied that to to magic? I mean, so ants in nature often form circular mills where each ant is just following the ant that's in front of it. And uh, I mean, well, ants do this normally anyway, but the circular mill part comes in when they end up in the loop. Where you know, like Ant A is following Ant B, and is following Ant C, and so on, and then eventually it loops around to where they form a circle because there's just a bunch of ants who are all following each other, and then they just keep walking and walking and walking and walking and walking in a circle because each ant is just following the one in front of it because they just assume it knows where it's going and what it's doing, and uh, and not surprisingly, human beings are like this, and. Uh, so often people will just copy things because that's what everybody else is doing, and they, the people they're copying are just copying people, and the people they're copying are just copying people. And sometimes you end up in the feedback loop where somebody will just be like, where enough people are all just copying what they think everyone else is doing, is that they, it just becomes locked into that's the reality. 
that's just what everybody's doing because everyone thinks that's what everybody else is doing. And the way that it eventually breaks, the, the way they eventually get out of it, is that like in a circular mill, every so often, a small percentage of the time, but every so often, uh, an ant will wander off and just do its own thing and not just follow the, uh, the ant that was in front of it. Instead, the ant will, you know, dare to be bold and different and do something else. And, and sometimes when they wander off, they die. But sometimes when they wander off, they, uh, they find something sweet and other, you know, it breaks the, the, the breakdown of communication. Like it, they, they're like, Oh, look, I found this sweet thing. And then they go back and they tell another ant, like, Hey, why don't you go this way instead? And then the ants get out of the little infant recursion they're stuck in, you know? Yeah. So, and, uh, so you applied this to, to magic. And I think at the time the, uh, this was around Ravnica era standard, right? Wasn't the deck ghost dad, I think was the name of the, uh, name of the deck. Little variety of black weight, uh, why? Yeah, basically a variety of different black white decks. Mm-hmm. Um, Ghost Dad was one of them, and some of the rest of them were good. And the uh, Ghost Dad was a towerless deck that was cute, and people loved how cool of a concept it was and everything. But it wasn't actually as good as Hand in Hand or Ghost Husk. And uh, and uh, the at first it was super super popular, and it was just an accepted thing because that's what everybody else did. But then over time, eventually, the uh, the, uh, the the data came back and it was like, oh, look, these other black weight decks have just performed so much better. That didn't stop at the time for Ghost Dead to be just widely considered, you know, one of the best decks in the format or one of the best decks, even though it wasn't even, like, one of the top two black white decks. So... And, uh, yeah, I mean, but the point is that it's, that sometimes in magic there will be a phenomenon, and this happens quite a bit, but just a phenomenon of uh, enough people will just emulate what they think everyone else is doing that it causes a chain reaction where the normal flow of information breaks down because everyone's just basing their decisions on what they think they know about everyone else's decisions. And uh, like a good example... Uh, have you ever been in a magic tournament, like a Grand Prix or whatever, or a TTQ, anything, where there will be a lot of people standing around between rounds and pairings won't be up yet? And then uh, then you'll notice everybody just starts going towards the pairings. And normally that means that the pairings are up, and that's when you go over to the pairings, right? Right. Every so often, every so often, everybody will start just walking over the pairings. And it'll be like, oh, and it's like pairings are up, but then you realize when you get over there, no, the pairings aren't up, and they're not hanging up at anything, they're not posting anything. Just everybody just walked over here. <laughs> because sometimes what will happen is just enough people will be thinking about it or whatever, they'll be looking around, they'll see somebody walk the right direction, so they'll start walking, and then somebody else will have been looking at them, and so they'll start walking, and then it eventually reaches a tipping point where enough people are all just watching all the people walking over there that they all realize, oh, we've got to all walk over there too. Yeah. You know? I've seen that kind of thing. People talk about, you know, going and standing on like a street corner and just looking up and then somebody yeah. else will come in. What is he looking at? You know, look up too. And then of course, same kind of thing happens. A bunch of people just come Yeah, as soon as a couple people. And it's the, the second, you know, once there's a group of you, because a lot of people will just ignore you, but occasionally, you know, once a few of them, somebody will come by and look up. And then when you, when you snagged a couple, once you got a couple extra people, who are looking up trying to see what you're looking at. Now there's an entire crowd of people who are looking up. So other people on the street are like, why is that entire crowd looking up? 
we should be looking up to see what they're looking at. It's pretty funny when you think about it. Uh, it seems like a fun prank to play, but <laughs> to just do that. But uh, back to the the article, just uh, before you, before you have to go. Um, what what gave you the idea for the article, and did you like did you see that information about the ants, and that was kind of maybe the impetus, or did you... uh, I read a book called The Wisdom of Clouds that I highly recommend. Uh, the quote from that book, uh, the quote about the ants, is from that book, and is referenced in uh, in that article. So the okay. the introduction to information cascades, mm-hmm. um, it's uh, the wisdom of crowds. Okay. Yeah, I'll uh, and I'm I'm gonna link the article, of course, in the in the show notes. But, but uh, no, I highly recommend it. I think you really enjoy the entire book. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, like in the vein of the Tipping Point or uh, any of those type of, you know, any of those books that kind of Malcolm Gladwell. Somewhere uh, between, it's some, I mean, it's somewhere between psychology and economics, you know. But this one's more on the psychology side. Yeah, it sounds sounds pretty interesting. Uh, do you see this kind of thing happening? Besides with the pairing boards, you see that happening in like kind of the metagame of standard at all? Well, the recently? metagame is the number one place where it happens all the time, you know. Like uh, the vast majority of people playing in magic tournaments are are copying other people the majority of the time, you know. Yeah. And with that much copying going on, there's tons of feedback loops that happen. And that's, I mean, that's a big part of how deck builders like Flares are able to, to have the success they have is that they identify when other people are stuck in a feedback loop. And uh, find ways to exploit that. Yeah. Any uh, any examples recently that you can think of, like certain decks, or uh, you just think just kind of happening pretty often? In uh, so, like, for instance, humans was like the big thing, right? Like before Portrait of Hawaii, mm-hmm. humans was like so popular on Magic Online, and everybody's just like, oh yeah, humans is just so good of a deck, and it was super popular in Hawaii. And it sucked very much, and it has won even less of time than I've gone on. But it's like there was this idea that humans was just the best deck. And then people, you know, just enough other people said it that they all started to believe it because they're like, if everyone else is saying it, it must be true. Better example is Green White. Humans is at least an okay deck. Green White was actually pretty bad last year. But after User won the Grand Prix, like, it just got to the point where people were like, oh, this is the most popular and best deck in the format. And it was bad. It wasn't even a good deck, you know? Yes. But it was just enough people were copying everybody else that they just, even though they didn't know why it was supposed to be a good deck, they just knew enough other people thought it was a good deck that they're like, oh, it must just be a good deck. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's it's an interesting phenomenon, and I think we can probably point out, I mean, I, th- I think it's probably present on some level constantly. I guess there's, there's... The, uh, the biggest takeaway is to remember that um, you uh, it, people who like there's some people who just always are wandering off. They're the ants who are just always doing their own thing, and there's some people, a lot of people, who just imitate all the time. And uh, usually, people who imitate all the time would be better off if they kind of wandered off on their own a little bit more often. But people who just try to uh, do their own thing all the time. They'd be better off if they uh, copied a little bit more often, you know? That was one of my um, – I don't remember exactly I, – I don't remember if that came from one of your articles or if it was just uh, in Next Level Magic, but that was one of my favorite concepts that I got from reading that book. That 
and focus on what matters, honestly, are like two things that like I like repeat to myself. And the focus on what matters is so like simple and obvious, but like it just like I mean that in a good way, like in the best way, you know, like it's like one of those things that I apply to like every aspect of my life and I appreciate it. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, thank you for having me, you guys. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for taking time to, uh, to be on the show, Patrick. And, uh, I know we just mentioned next level magic. That book is available as an ebook and as a physical book on starcitygames.com. You're working on a, on another book coming up, uh, this year at some point. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you guys will, I will definitely let you know. I don't want to, get into that one too much yet until okay. we have uh, more concrete data sounds but good. it'll be more concrete info you know but in a couple of months you'll right. be hearing something very soon sounds sounds great and uh if you guys want to read more patrick chapin uh every week pretty much on uh on starcitygames.com on the premium side so uh one of the one of the main reasons to read premium i think so th- thanks again patrick for uh for being on the show and uh absolutely joe we'll absolutely go. joe uh, Both you guys, dude. Joe, have fun in Texas. Thank you. And uh, both of you guys, I'm looking forward to, uh, to hearing what you have to say about Addison Restored after uh, who knows how long of a break. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Years. We'll talk about Addison Restored. and We'll have like a three-year break and then come back and talk about Addison Restored. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go ahead and let you go, Patrick. We'll wrap up the rest of the show. So thanks again. All right. Have a good night. Thanks, man. You too. Good night. Bye. So, uh, upcoming events. This weekend, as we mentioned, of course, March 23rd to the 25th, the StarCityGames.com Invitational in Baltimore. I'll be there doing coverage, some deck techs. Uh, Keep an eye on SCGLive.com. If you can't be at the event, uh, you can watch all the coverage. Joe, you'll be there signing autographs, burning some faces. Yeah, I hope I don't have to sign any autographs. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be there. That's, uh, that's this weekend. Also this weekend, uh, March 24th and 25th, just Saturday and Sunday, uh, we have GP Kuala Lumpur, uh, which is standard, and we have GP Mexico City, which is limited. Um, as far as I know, there's no changes to the GP Mexico City, although there was an earthquake apparently in Mexico. Right, uh, yeah don't know how close that was to the event site but i haven't seen any kind of uh updated bits of information about that so uh next weekend march 31st to april 1st we have three gps going on that weekend uh we've got melbourne which is limited we've got gp turin which is modern i'm excited to check out the modern stuff and then we've got gp salt lake city which is also uh star city games event we've got the gold rush oh my god i wish i could go to that and we didn't talk about this this the format is standard uh we didn't talk about the gold rush and i'm sure you've heard about it by now but basically uh you know sometimes at gps you get a playmat and uh, a lot of times the playmats suck or hey i've already got playmats or hey cool playmat whatever uh but how many playmats do you really need uh star city decided to kind of put a little twist on things they have the gold rush where basically they've got sets of uh i don't even know it's like it's like antiquities and i don't i have to look at the the information of course i don't have it right it's like all the awesome expensive old sets pretty much yeah basically every player is going to get a card or get an envelope that's going to have a card in it and the card is going to be uh from let's see i've got got it right here we've got unlimited Arabian Nights, Antiquities, Legends, and the Dark. 
So you're going to get a single card from one of those sets. Hopefully now, not the dark. <laughs> well, I mean, you can get a maze of myth. <laughs> That's cool, right? Like, yeah. you, chances are, it's it's basically like a little lottery ticket, right? It's like priceless treasures all over again. Where, but every player gets to open up one of these envelopes, and you know, it's cool. It's like a lotto. Like, did you win? No, I got. I got a rock. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but really, you could open a Mox, you could open a Black Lotus. Uh, there's all kinds of cool cards that you could open that are awesome, and there's all kinds of crappy cards that, you know, are probably going to end up in the garbage or at the dealer tables or as a bookmark. Um, but the point is, it's like, it's kind of cool. Like, what else do you, I would rather have that kind of opportunity. Like, I may open power, uh than just another playmat that I'm not going to use that I'm going to roll up and shove under the bed. You know, like, it's pretty cool. So uh, that is coming up next weekend at GP Salt Lake City. So if you can make it, you know, you you should really go. You have something. I got a a rock hydra. (laughs) (laughs) So you thought of a nice pun five minutes later. Shut up. (laughs) So, uh, I think, uh, you know, we're we're about to wrap up here. Did you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah. um, So, I mean, of course, I'm moving to Texas. um, And we set up this thing on IWantMyMTG.com where you can can donate to help me move. Um, Now, I want to just say, like, one or two things about that real quick. Um, First of all, I wanted to thank everyone who's donated so far because it really does mean a lot to me. I especially want to thank uh, Dale Smith, uh, Medic Herb, M-E-D-I-K-H-E-R-B on Twitter, and um, Mr. Scotty Mack. Is that also his Twitter name, I'm guessing? Uh, Yep. Yeah. Uh, Scott McCallum. Mr. Scotty Mack from the A-Team for uh, their especially generous donations Um, uh, because you guys are awesome and, you know, everything everything helps. Um, Now, one thing I do want to mention is that if you donate to this, you're not just donating to me. (laughs) You're donating to Joey, right? Because uh, right now, um, as far as me and Joey go, I'm in the red. Well, just a little bit, not a lot, but like I'm in the red with Joey. So like, this isn't just you know a way to to help me have moving expenses. This is a way to help me pay Joey back the money I owe him. Um, and and that's and so so really donating to me moving is donating to Yo MTG Taps as a whole. And if you've ever wanted to donate to our show, if you've ever thought, gee. How can I contribute to the show? You know, and people have asked me that before. You know, and I'm always like, oh, don't, you guys should put up a PayPal donation thing. And I'm like, don't worry about that. You know, just listen to us. You know, buy a shirt if you like us. Well, right now we have a PayPal thing. So if you like the show and you want to donate, here's how you donate. Donate to the to the PayPal thing. Um, and I'll be, I'll, I'll be definitely keep, I'm keeping track of, uh, you know, of who donates. And I'll definitely be hooking you guys up with some cool stuff. So, uh. You know, thank you in advance, um, and thank you, especially if you already have donated. But yeah, so I mean, I guess that's that everything. That yeah, I guess so. All right. Well, uh, we will be back, of course, as we said, in a few months, maybe in just one month. We'll see. We'll see how we feel. Uh, thanks to everybody who who listens. Thanks to you know all of our listeners, and uh, we hope you'll be back when we come back. 
with uh, the episode that comes after episode 99. So until then, we are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching, start brewing. There's a lot of draws to Denver, uh, not the least of which, I guess, is uh, uh, the football team and the money and his family and friends there. But I'm sure that uh, that I rank highly. Yeah, his priorities. And no doubt, no doubt. And he's getting older, and like the thin air will carry the ball further for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. If that's that... it. That's yeah. exactly why it was. I don't even. I don't know. I'm just joking. I, I like Peyton Manning. I, I I hope he does really well out there. Um, I'm dude. You, know. you guys got to be careful. I'm telling you, if you come out to Denver, tried running the uh, the old. And now I've been out here before, and it's come up before, but just not re- in recent times anyway. Um, the altitude is something else. I was here uh, for Mardi, Mardi Gras, yeah. and. Uh, a number of school teachers uh, ended up accosting me at a bar, convincing me to uh, to, to have a drink with them. And um, the altitude makes it so that four drinks is like ten. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Know. Well, I've uh, I've quit drinking. So um, how many drinks does that equal then? So what? You just walk around like you're buzzed all the time, I guess, in Denver. Who me? Yeah, I'm saying if you don't drink any, and then, then it's like four. Then it's like six drinks. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> we figured out the math here. So just being sober <laughs> is like having six drinks in Denver. Man, that sounds great. There you go. So I don't have to drink, and I can just be drunk all the time. I'm there. <laughs> well, now we know why Peyton Manning went to Denver. So <laughs> anyway, to try and to why get Tim back, Tebow left. What was this podcast about anyway? I can't remember. Uh, it's certainly not magic, that's for sure. <laughs> not at all. So until then, we are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching, start brewing, start printing something that says prevent all de- uh, de- de- life can't people can't gain life. But... <laughs> life can't gain people. <laughs> life can't life can't be prevented. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. You want to do that again? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, until next time. That's how I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> so, until we meet again, ladies. So, until next time, we are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching, start brewing, start printing something that says players can't gain life for the rest of the game. Bam. Cheaty Jace for president. Cheaty Jace for president. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my counter spell? <laughs>